This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. We stopped off at Reading Services. Um, and, you know, some pop to the toilet, some go and get a drink, some go and grab a snack. And after you've done that, you sort of like, you know, you might go outside, might get back on the coach. And, and as I walk out of Costa, I see, I think, what, eight teams... 17, 18 players all sat around the t- same table. Yeah. I remember saying to Paul and Kieran at the time, like, yeah, we've, we've cracked it. This is, this is it. Hello and welcome to a Blue Monday pre-match show special. And I'm delighted to be joined by ITFC Women boss, Joe Sheehan. Welcome back to the pod. Joe, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing really well, thank you. Thanks for having me back on. It's, uh, it's been a while, so yeah, delighted to be back on the show. Happy New Year to you. Did you have a good festive break? Yeah, I did actually. Um, yeah, had a nice bit of wind down time and spent time with family and uh, obviously a new, new baby makes it... Um, a little bit different to what it normally has been um, previously, but yeah, it's, it's been a good break, and um, yeah, now back at it this week, ready to uh, hopefully finish the uh, back end of the season really strong. Yeah, uh, unlike the the men's team, uh, it's a bit more of a you know, I'm not going to say comfortable, but it's it's more of a relaxed situation. Um, so, are you raring to go? Have you missed it? Um, I think yeah. we're always probably thinking about it in in some capacity. Um, even when we're not in, you, you, you spare a thought for something that's that's popped into your brain, something you think about. Um, so yeah, I think you know we we've enjoyed probably what we've been doing for the last two or three years, and that's been sort of uh, non-stop every day, really. So yeah, you don't really have time to ever sort of miss it because you're always sort of thinking about the next game, the next session, or previous game or previous session anyway. So. Yeah, in, in one way or another, whilst we are, you know, resting and having a bit of a break, you know, we're still I guess, subconsciously thinking about what's coming up anyway. Yeah, thinking about how far you push your fullbacks and all that kind of fun stuff. <laughs> I mean, the, the calendar year 2023 ended 
with on a real high in the FA Cup. Um, league form obviously had been strong. Disappointment, obviously, to not get the three points of Billericay. That was a tough afternoon, wasn't it? But you must be so proud with what your team achieved last season. Obviously, narrowly missing out on goal difference to to Watford in the promotion stuff. But at home, just the numbers are, are crazy. You know, um, 30 matches played, I think it was, 12 wins, plus 48 goal difference. I mean, lots of stuff that gives you a lot of um, positivity going into the new year, right? Yeah, it's been um, it's been a really consistent couple of seasons to date. Um, you know, we, we've obviously come close on on two occasions, and, and obviously last year was extremely close, having having missed out on goal difference and, and putting together one hell of a run to, to finish the season. Um, and then, yeah, a bit of a turnover of personnel, which is quite unusual for us, makes it a little bit different again coming into a new season. Um, and you know we've we've probably developed a really sort of good reputation in the women's game where there, there's quite a lot of expectation on us. The the badge in the women's game carries a bit of weight because what we have achieved in cup competitions and you know we've had obviously youth internationals as well and had strong league campaigns. So you know we had a turnover of players and a sort of new crop coming through and some new ones coming in. But the expectation and the reputation remains, and if anything, is actually higher because obviously we came so close. So people would think, you know, this time it should be our year, but it doesn't quite work like that. And you know, everybody else is getting better as well. So um, it makes it even more challenging to try and stay at the top of this division um, to try and get out of it. Um, but I think we do a lot of good things, um, and we've been really consistent with our work. You know, the core of the group has been with us for some time now, and. It's still so young. I, f- I feel like I've been saying that for years, that it's just such a young group. But those that are 17 are now only 20. So, yeah, they're, they're still really young. Um, you know, we had a lot more experience at this level, which is great. Um, but, yeah, we, we sometimes, obviously, we have lost some that have been a little bit older and then brought up some that are a little bit younger. So we sort of continue to start what we've always done. Um and yeah, you know, it's it's been a, a, a challenging league. Um, you know, everybody can pick up points against everybody, as we've seen. Um, but you know, we've been in every game, and we've we've certainly had some lot, had some positives that we've, we're really pleased with, and, and we we're still seeing things that we want to improve on, which is great because um, you know we we have to identify what we need to be better at, um, both as a team and for players individually. Um, and that's all we tend to focus on, really, is, is trying to sort of um, develop those things as best as we can um, and then see them flourish on a game day. And if, if we can see them flourish and we pick up positive results, if we don't, then we risk not. Yeah, it feels like, as you mentioned, the, the, the team is kind of the spine of, of of young players who you feel like you've been around forever and they're really still quite young. You look at Kyra uh, Robertson in midfield, even um, Sophie Pesquet out wide, likes of Lucio Bryan, Summer Hughes, etc. You know, they are well established in terms of game minutes, but sometimes it's easy to forget how inexperienced they are in terms of, you know, other players in the team like Natasha Thomas and, and Bonnie Horwood. It's it's kind of a learning on the job still for them as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you know, what we are constantly battling is, you know, players are desperate to play in a league above, as we are as staff. Um the margin for error is so small, as, as we all know so well. Um, and, and you've got young players that are quite experienced in terms of minutes at this level, 
that know the margin for error is so small. Um, we, we're trying to really focus our mindsets on developing them as, as football players. But sometimes you can't help but, but get away from the fact that, you know, you, you have to win games or, you know, you lose three or four, you drop games in four or five games and you, you could finish second or third. So we're constantly trying to battle and get that balance right um, because you don't want to go too far the other way where you, you forget about the result and, you know, you, you, you drop some points because you've not maybe not focused on the importance of trying to win points. Um, but equally, you don't want to go too heavy on that, that you end up underperforming because the focus is on just winning the game. So that, that's a challenge for us. Um, and I think that's one thing, I think all of our players really, you know, even the ones that are experienced at this level and the young ones, um, we, we spend a lot of time trying to work out who needs kind of what information because I think there are, I think Kyra is a great example. You did mention her that, you know, you, you could tell Kyra that, you know, we, we need to win these next 10 and she'd be licking her lips thinking, yeah, we, we, I'm, I'm, I'm going to absolutely contribute to this. Um, yeah, there might be some players that are younger, less experienced, that, that that could be total like alarm bells and, right. oh my goodness, you know, can we actually do that? I'm not sure I can. And what if I don't play well? What if I, it's my fault? So getting that balance right as well is what, what message we give to each player or unit as such as well um, to try and get the best performance that, that we can get. In terms of the off the field stuff and the ownership group change, obviously the men's team, there's a lot of talk about the culture and, and running towards adversity. I, 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 from the outside, uh, you know, as a spectator at the AGL, it feels to me that the, the squad, the unit is as cohesive and as strong collectively as it's ever been. Has some of that culture been in your, in your thinking, Joe, when you've done recruitment in the summer and also um, when you deal with, you know, re retention and all that kind of stuff, are, are these things in your mind? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it absolutely is. And we, we, we probably missed out on a lot of players um, for lot for lots of reasons, but the character side of things is is probably the first thing we look for. And you know, sometimes we're having to have meetings on Zooms with players we're looking to bring in with agents, and you know you're, you're trying to pick up any little subtlety of behaviour, of attitude, of language, of, of anything that can give you a little bit of an indication of is this going to be the right sort of player for us and. Now, is it when we signed Ruby, I remember having a Zoom with her and her family, and I just said straight away, this girl's going to be great for us um, as a person. She's going to fit in brilliantly. So it, it, some it's quite easy to do. Um, some it's, it's a little bit more difficult, and, and you have to sort of take a bit of a gamble and, and you know, trust your gut. And we, we spend a lot of time talking to a lot of our connections in the game and our network of um, there's always someone we know that's played with or coached or watched and or knows of. And yeah, we, we try and make sure we really do our due diligence on that um, because it is so important um, as our as a football club for us as a whole. And, and certainly with us that, you know, we want a group of players that are really, really tight knit. Um, and, and we've had that this year is, is the best it's ever been. The, the best group of players I've ever worked with by far um, from that perspective and you know we went to the first game of the season uh, we played Cardiff um, I think it was that one or it might have been the League Cup game it was one of them that we stopped off at Reading Services um, and you know some pop to the toilet some go and get a drink some go and grab a snack 
And after you've done that, you sort of like, you know, you might go outside, might get back on the coach. And, and as I've walked out of Costa, I see, I think, what, 18, 17, 18 players all sat around the t- same table. Brilliant. I remember saying to Paul and Kieran at the time, like, yeah, we've, we've cracked it. This is, this is it. If, if ever you needed an example of, of a group that are absolutely totally together, that was it. Because obviously service stations are massive. There's tons of table seats, indoor, outdoor, and you can kind of sit where you like. And no one would be, you know, no one would be targeted for not sitting with, you know, because you can do whatever. But the fact that everybody was sat around the same sort of on the same table um, was absolutely brilliant. And I think that that shows that this this group that we have uh, absolutely all in together, um, and, it, and it, it makes it it makes it really easy then to do everything else. And I remember listening to, I think it was somebody who worked at Yale University. I listened to something years and years ago. Someone had said that managing culture is draining. Um, and I can totally relate to that. It, it can be really draining. Um, and I think having a group that is just all in, not all together, um, pulling in the same direction, that absolutely believe in everything we do as, as, as staff, just makes it so much easier then to, you know, prioritise on and making sure that we can help them all develop on the pitch because we know that they're absolutely taken care of off it. Yeah, fantastic stuff. And, you know, there's only so much that you and your staff can do in respect of that that leadership, that culture. We mentioned some on-field leaders, but you've obviously recently um, chose um, Maria Boswell to be the, the the captain for the rest of the season, presumably for the foreseeable as well. How important is it for you to have kind of deputies on-field as well who, who are carrying the same kind of messages that you're trying to provide throughout the week? Yeah, really, really important. And, you know, we, we could have loads of deputies as you've referenced we could absolutely have loads um so many players have got so many different strengths i mean even like evie williams is a fabulous communicator who's our youngest player um and, and her communication is absolutely fantastic um but then you have to weigh up whether you want to give someone additional responsibility when they're gaining their own experiences and, and spending a lot of time trying to focus on themselves so she's an example that is a great communicator that will will 100% be a great leader long-term when, when she gets older and more wiser and more experienced in, in the game. Um, and yet, you know, there's loads. And, you know, Bonnie obviously stood in for Blue for some time as someone we respect so much, Bonnie, for what she's achieved in the game. And you find out stuff all the time about Bonnie and games she's played in or players that she's played with that just blows you away, really. And a fabulous football player that's had an incredible career to date. Um, and is still going really strong at the latter end of her career. Although I'm sure she will say she's still got many years left yet. Um, but I, th- I think it was just an opportunity for us to you know, really look at what we had. Um, and Bonnie, Bonnie done a fabulous role. But I, ju- I just felt that Maria was someone that um, it's, it's hard to explain actually. But I just felt Maria was at a time when it was naturally right for her to maybe take on the role. It felt a good fit from outside. I think it was a really good fit. And I think, you know, certainly now where you look at the game, and and this was something we certainly considered when we went with Maria, we we knew she was absolutely popular with everybody, that everybody could speak to her. Um, She's quite outspoken as well, which is great. Um, Has got a really calming influence and, and really sort of, it's methodical in her thinking, um, knows the game absolutely inside out, 
um, her knowledge of the game and of us with and without the ball is is absolutely outstanding. So that that was a big tick for us. But I also felt Maria in a in a life away from football is in a really good space. I think that's important. Um, and I think she'd just taken on some media duties with the club. I think she'd been on town TV. Um, she'd done a couple of interviews, and I just felt that she she kind of had the whole package. Um, you know, all of our players are absolutely great people, but I think Maria kind of was a well-rounded captain that, that pretty much ticked everything that we thought we might need. Um, and, has, and has been really consistent with performances as well um, yeah. and, and could probably carry the weight of extra responsibility of the armband of looking after everybody else when her game was in such a good place herself and also at a really good age. So, yeah, Maria was a, a great choice for us. Um, and and as, as for her sort of support group, um, yeah, we, we'll have three or four people that kind of will check in um, and, and make sure that, you know, she can lean on those players when necessary. But there's so many we could have. But, um, yeah, we'll have three or four players that will kind of uh, be there for her should she need to lean on them. And, and if, if in doubt she can fall back on her housemates, I'm sure, who will have her back too. That's a great dynamic going on there. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, It seems frustrating to have to talk about change in the game but it's it's inevitable you know there's a positive step forward in respect of the top spot now gets um promoted without the need of a playoff which is a fantastic step forward but we've got the new co that is going to take over the the super league in the championship from the 24 25 season there's all kind of adjustments to the academy system as well and licensing around that and um, can you talk to us about that kind of situation and particularly about recruitment and what that means for for Ipswich Town we Andrew asks about 
you know, geography and relocation of players, but having some control over that academy system from what it sounds like from Andrew's question has changed somewhat. So how are we trying to deal with that? And does the does the new owners and the resources the club now have help you in that respect? Yeah, a lot has changed, um, as Andrew knows. And um, I think if we're talking about the same Andrew anyway, but yeah, I think we're at a point where you know, we're really looking at, you know, what, what's worked for us really well you know, our pathway um, from from that academy perspective from 16 to 21 has, has really flourished in recent times. And um, I won't go into too much about my thoughts on why that's, um, why, I don't, why I think that that should have continued because I could spend the next hour talking about that. But it, it's, we've obviously got to a situation now where we've, we've, we've lost the license to operate under the uh, criteria that the WSL would have asked for following a, a restructure of their own academy system, which is now PGA. Um, we, we tried to retain as many of those players as possible. Some took opportunities to move um, to different clubs and some went, went, wanted to go and play senior football with, with Charlie and Loughborough um, to continue their education there. I'm pleased we did keep um, some players because you know, we, we, what we wanted to try and do is continue really exactly as we were operating, you know, same training schedule, same players. Um, and Phoebe done a really good job of sourcing fixtures with play, with clubs in that system. Um, so the aim was really just to continue operate as normal, really. Um, the, the challenge we do have is that we have a really good relationship with St. Joseph's College and that a lot of our younger players have tended to go on a do their education there, um, and St Joe's has a lot of have a lot of school games as well. Um, so trying to get games in the schedule that works around our training for our first team, um, games on a Sunday, games on a Wednesday, for potentially school and the academy team. Um, there's some challenges with that, but I think what it does do it gives us an opportunity to look at the, you know what has worked previously, as, as we just spoke about, but maybe what direction can we go in and what what can we now put in place um, to ensure that the best players in our region can come through and, and you know, compete for, for positions in our first team. Um, the ETC is, 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 a, is a centre that operates from 10 up to 16. Um, and we've been operating with one of them now for some time. And, and that's, we're hoping will constantly improve over time. And as the game grows and the players um, in the talent pool increases. Um, hopefully the quality that will come out of that will, will aid our first team as well. Um, but yeah, looking at recruitment of, 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 of maybe a different um, type of player now, not one that's naturally come through our system, is something that, that we're really looking at at the moment um, because we have relied for so many years on players that are coming out of our system that we never really had to have any conversations with agents or talk about recruitment because we knew what was coming up and we were just going to keep operating like that. So now we're in a different situation um, where, say, some have left. We've managed to keep some, um, but there's obviously that gap now um, from, from leaving the ETC to coming into our first team. We need to look at what we can provide to make sure that they, those players have the best chance of making that transition into our seniors. Um, and equally, what other players out there that may be outside of our region um, that want to be part of what we're doing? Um, because, you know, we, we're, we're broader on our network as we continue to 
um, improve and progress up the pyramid as well. Um, and there's lots that we will need to do around that from an infrastructure perspective, from how we accommodate players, how players get in, um, and how, how much we pay players as well. So yeah, there's there's a there's a big piece of work that you know we we're really prioritising at the moment that we will do with our new general manager. Um, and then hopefully, yeah, we will continue to progress and grow as, as we have done over the last few years. I was going to ask you about, obviously, the, the GM hasn't been officially announced yet, and um, but hopefully more on that to follow soon. The, the change around the, the football club in general is, is huge at the moment as well. Um, a lot more um, round pegs in round holes, as it were. People in proper positions, both on and off the field. The GM coming in is, is probably a massive part of that as well. In, investment in the stadium, the pitch, Playford Road, even as well. Are these things that excite you? These these opportunities to to strengthen that ITFC brand outside our area as well to help with recruitment. Yeah, massively. Um, and you know, we we've had significant investment this year in particular um, from playing salaries um, from what they were previously to um, how we travel to games. Um, our players fed. You know, meals after every single training session that are provided by the chef at the training ground. Um, from from medical to stands to surgeries to consultancy, you know, whatever you know our, our players have needed, we've provided, um, and and that costs a lot of money. Um, so yeah, I think what we have been able to do over the last certainly the last year. Um, has been really exciting and, and said, like I said, there's been significant investment I mean, the game is always growing. Um, and we are, we are in a different situation to a lot of teams as well. Um, and, and I often wonder that, you know, let's, let's use IFC Sudbury as an example. Um, if, if IFC Sudbury women's team run the women's championship, we would probably have, you know, a, a more experienced, stronger squad on probably half the budget that we spend currently. Um, and I think that's where Portsmouth have benefited this year from from Southampton's players that departed them previously. O Oxford can benefit from Reading. Um, you've got London Bees that are on the doorstep of Arsenal and Tottenham, as are Watford, that, that benefit from that catchment area. Um, and you've got Billericay and Hashtag, which are in a great spot, really, to pick up anything that comes out of Crystal Palace, London City, West Ham. Even us. Um, Cholton, and even us, obviously, yeah. So it, it, it's a different dynamic for us. You know, our, our, our neighbours up the road are in a league below, as our, as our Sudbury. So we, we, we are the flagship club in our region. Um, so we, we don't benefit really too much from, you know, older, more experienced players that, have played at a really good level of a really exciting age for us to, to benefit from, as Portsmouth have with, say, Beth Lumsden, who was at, at Southampton the previous season. Um, so, so, we, so our model has to be a little bit different. Um, but it's not easy. But yeah, it's an exciting challenge. And I say we're, we're really fortunate that you know we have such a supportive club um, because it, it's not common. It's it's not not every every woman's department has access to what we do and has the resource that we do so we are really fortunate from that aspect and you know we, we try and make sure we we make the most of what we have available to us and, and we're constantly trying to keep growing and improving along the way and that will only get better if premier league happens for the men's team you know you look at newcastle nottingham forest in the northern premier league who are benefiting off of the 
of that benefit as well so um come on kieran sort that out for us um that would be really helpful uh, just before we um we'll talk about oxford and the start of the new year um just about you joe and and how are your dealing with it you mentioned um you're a dad now and that's a whole other set of challenges and maybe changing a perspective and so on but have you still got the the same bug you've always had is your perspective on things changed or you know how how is life as as the top of the tree as it were at the moment at ipswich town um yeah i'm doing really well i mean things have changed a lot and i'm i'm i guess i'm finding it quite difficult to do less Okay. weirdly um and you know one thing the club were really keen on was for me to solely do the job that they think i'm best to do and not wearing more caps than, than the manager of the women's team and and i find that quite difficult i think because i was quite often seven days a week academy games on a wednesday academy training on a monday night i was doing all sorts of jobs with obviously kieran as you know um secretarial stuff kit stuff travel stuff food stuff hotel stuff um you know club would just didn't want me doing any of that and just wanted me to solely focus on developing this football team and winning games of football so i found that i found that quite challenging because sometimes i then sort of question if i have i done enough today you know right. if, I, if, I, if i worked hard enough this week um and that's just adjusting really to being able to delegate and and, and let other people take on jobs that i was previously doing so yeah, that, that's taken some, you know, taken some, you know, I guess, adjustment for me. Um, but what it has allowed me to do is, yeah, just really, really focus on games and um, preparing training sessions, which I think I, I would go as far as saying now in my in my six years, seven years, six years at this football club, I think that, that our training model, um, which has obviously been heavily influenced by by Kieran McKenna, is is probably as good as it's ever been. I think our work throughout the week is is as good as it's ever been. Um, I've, I've I've done a lot of visits to other clubs. I know a lot of other coaches and managers, and you know, in, in leagues above us. And I think we have such a strong program what we do. Um, and yeah, I'm just hoping that that you know we, we've been really consistent with that. We, um, you know, we, we I think the club as a whole, Kieran talks a lot about principles, and you know we're equally as process driven as, as as Kieran is with the men, um, and we're really consistent, and we try and you know make sure that our focus is solely on you know developing our game model throughout the week, preparing as best as we can for our game, and and, and sending a team out to try and win and. That, that's probably something that's changed as well. I guess this year is that you know, sometimes it's very easy to think about. And we've got we've got to win this one, and you know, like I said earlier on in this, is, is getting that balance right of, of you know being desperate to win the game, but making sure we're not clouding our thinking of, of making good decisions, being decisive, and executing things that we need to do as best as we can. So, yeah, getting that balance right. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the, the bug is. I think until we get out of this division, I don't think it will it will ever go. Um, we're all absolutely desperate to try and make that next jump, um, where I think we deserve and are capable of being. Um, and we won't stop working until we absolutely achieve it. Right, and the the Lewis game only goes to prove that you know the level we know this this team are at. Your team are at, and you know we're so 
grateful appreciative of all the hard work of you and your team you know the likes of kieran stanley we've mentioned you know unsung heroes behind the scenes working so hard to make this happen and great to hear that you're getting the resources now that maybe we haven't had in previous seasons let's talk about um the start of 2024 then we're in league action against oxford a team we've got very familiar with familiar history with Charlton in the cup after that as well, which will be really exciting. But um, talk to us about Oxford because I, I kind of feel like everyone will go into that one looking to make a statement. It, it's it's one of those games that we look forward to. Maybe Oxford at the start of the season, a little bit of a team in transition, but seem to have stabilised now, haven't they? So it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, and you know I've said this a few times over the last couple of months is that I think Oxford are another team that we bring the best out of. Um, as we do with Billericay, as we do with Hashtag, as we do with Portsmouth, um, the, the list is just endless. And, you know, I watched I watched Oxford beat Billericay 8-0 earlier on in the week. And, um, you know, that's not the same Billericay team that we played. No, no. way. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just it's just a, the hand we've been dealt. And, you know, whether, like I said, at the start of the show, that, you know, our reputation, the expectation of us in the game brings out a different beast in everybody we play against. Um, and, and I think we can never underestimate how difficult that is of a challenge, actually. Um, you know, you never want to walk over. You know, you never want to turn up and just win comfortably. No one wants that. Um, but I guess you would hope that, that everybody faces everybody, the best of everybody. And it just feels like at times it only seems to be us that that gets teams that are absolutely desperate to stop us in our tracks. And I think we had that last year or the year before with Gillingham who come and got a point off us on a Tuesday night. And, you know, I think that, that, that same team had rolled over on previous occasions against other teams, I think Southampton that year. So, yeah, it, it makes it really challenging for us. And, and, you know, there's a obviously the saying of, you know, nothing worth fighting for comes easy. Um, and we're constantly having to battle against the best of everybody in this division to try and get where we want to get to. And this Sunday Oxford will, will be a challenging game. You said they're fairly stabilised and new management staff, but still familiar faces that, you know, know Zoe, you know, 100% want to put in a really solid performance against us again, having scored the winner previously. Um, and, and we've got to try and, um, yeah, navigate our way through that game and, and the mental side of, of the task in hand. Um, and, and we'll try and draw a lot upon probably the experiences against Lewis to um, try and get a result. Because, um, yeah, it's an important game. It's a big game for us, uh, one at home. Um, and, yeah, we're in good shape. We're looking forward to it. And um, hopefully we can we can start this this 2024 period as, as we finish 2023. Yeah, that, that kind of unbelievable winning run. It would be great to start it right now. Uh, it's a quirk of fixture computers or rearrangements and, and bad weather, but all of the teams that we are competing against have to come to the AGL. I, 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 very selfishly want to ask you about the crowd at the AGL. The numbers keep going. The noise gets louder. Um, it's a cliche, but the AGL really is the 12th player for you guys at the moment, isn't it? And have a massive role to play against Oxford, but all of these games coming up and a real big opportunity for people who may be uh, an armchair supporter or have thought about going and never really made the commitment to get involved now because it makes a, such a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, and... You know, I even look at the, the top division had games towards the end of last year. Where the, some games are segregated, um, and, and you know that at the top level now, that that sort of that sort of changing. Um, 
and you know we've we've been well backed well followed for some time now but i think this year feels a little bit different again i think you know the consistency of numbers uh, has been evident um and the noise I, i don't think i can i can remember a time when we had such noise that was so consistent at the agl for our players and it just makes it feel like it's a proper game um remember saying to kieran stanley probably a couple of years ago now is that i think we played a game i can't remember if it was against but we played a game in fact about 550 600 it's one of our first sort of games that had those sort of numbers and it's the first time i thought oh, this this feels like a proper game it feels like a proper crowd um you know one road deep 80 percent of the way round see two or three rows maybe closer to the clubhouse um and I remember thinking at the time is if we can sort of get to five, five fifty, six hundred regularly, I think it will really feel like it is a proper game with a proper atmosphere and, and not, you know, some isolated people on their own by one goal or what or by one side of the pitch. Um, and we've noticed it, you know, good good numbers of between four sort of four hundred and five hundred have, have been pretty consistent. Um, obviously that little terrace where the little um, the roof is generates some really good noise and um, yeah I, I guess you'll never know 100% the impact it does have but from talking to players and even listening to them talk to each other um, you know at our training ground you know it, it just feels like it makes much, such a massive difference um, players really enjoy it. I think it keeps players dialed in as well we, we talk about being dialed in a lot and really stay engaged to the game. Um, even if you're what might be like a tertiary player where you're nowhere near the action. And I think sometimes noise, communication from players, but equally supporter songs keeps players really engaged in the game as well, which which I think makes a massive difference. So yeah, it, it's been brilliant. Um, it makes a huge impact for us. Um, and, it, and it probably has an adverse impact on on the teams we play against because it's quite unusual for them to to play in games at our level with atmospheres like that so we should never underestimate the impact of good numbers with good voices that are constantly supporting and encouraging um because it just makes such a difference and i think we, we can all probably you know think about a moment in the game where whether there's 600 people or 60,000 people when you're chasing the game you get a corner late on and that roar of the crowd and I can only imagine it if you're a centre back jogging up that pitch and you hear that you're thinking I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna compete for this I'm gonna I'm gonna nod this in um, so I think it makes such a difference um, we want to keep growing numbers obviously um, because of the, you know, the higher up the divisions we go you know, the more challenging games we'll have and the more we will need the crowd to really be behind us so yeah hopefully it will continue to grow um, as it has done so far exciting times really looking forward to to sunday seeing everyone back at the agl joe thank you so much for your time um huge you know good luck for everything that you guys got to face coming up in um the first half of 2024 we'll be right behind you and um yeah excited to see match action again on sunday so um thanks for thanks for chatting to us no thanks for having me and uh, we'll see you at the agl Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.